Welcome to the Joyful Selling for Creative Professionals podcast with me, creative sales coach Leona Baker. You're passionate about the products you create, and I'm on a mission to help creative professionals become financially successful and have fun along the way. I teach practical tools to authentically market, joyfully sell, and get organized with time and money. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Joyful Selling for Creative Professionals. And you know what? We've got something a little bit exciting happening in November. I am being joined by a wonderful host of Joyful Selling program members and we're going to coach on the podcast. I am super excited. So for our first episode today, I have Hannah live with me on the call. And I think we're just going to dive right into a coaching session. How does that sound, Hannah? Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so what would you like coaching on today? Okay, so my coaching question or sentence or thought is the fear of failing to meet my Q4 revenue goal is causing me to not plan the launch of my new products. Right. Really sort of, I'm kind of stuck to be honest. So yeah, so you're kind of telling yourself at the moment that you're not going to meet your goal. Yes, it is a big goal. It's a a stretch goal, I suppose, for me, but it's not an impossible goal to reach, but it is more than I've made in revenue in the past. So right. So maybe it's that because I was going to ask you, why do you think you're not going to meet your revenue goal? I think because it's it's higher than it's been previously. I wouldn't, I've never met this goal before. And this year feels different because the past couple of years, obviously, it's been lockdowns. Selling has mainly been online for me. I've only just started doing in-person markets, which have gone great so far. We've spoken about that before. And um, I'm really pleased with that. And I think the fear for me is not the online, uh, the in-person events so much, because every time I go to a new market, it's like, people see me for the first time not everyone because some people know me from online but generally most people see me for the first time and I'm kind of got my head around that but it's more launching a new product or new set of products to my online audience even though they already know me and then in theory they are my best customer because they're already following me I just get the fear (laughs) yeah and it's launches in the past have just I've kind of gone for it and then I've had sort of crickets you know or it's taken a while to build up steam so I think I'm just scared of that happening again yeah because what will happen if that happens again I suppose I just need to keep going with it I suppose not put pin everything on launch day I know the launch is just the first day of the whole selling window that stretches on for however long for Q4 I guess in this case um but yeah, I put a lot of pressure on myself, as I'm sure a lot of people do, to not sell out, but at least kind of have some sort of positive feedback in the sense of sales <laughs> um, as soon as I hit go. <laughs> you know, especially if, as in the past, I've made a big effort to do a like newsletter campaign beforehand. Uh, my patrons have been giving me great feedback and then teasing and going through 
with like my online platforms maybe instagram basically um obviously and but also facebook and twitter but mainly instagram is my place so yeah i've kind of procrastinated around starting even teasing new stuff and i kind of want to launch in a couple of weeks really so i guess by the time this podcast goes live i will have launched <laughs> hopefully yeah well we can you know what's happening here is when you said that you have the fear of failure of meeting your Q4 revenue goal, which is causing you to not plan the launch of your new products. I kind of uh, penciled out the model in my head as I heard you read that. And what came up for me is how we fail ahead of time to self-preserve. Because in this model, the thought is I'm not going to meet my goal. And the reason you don't think you're going to meet your goal is a number of things. You're labeling it a big goal. It's something you haven't done before. So you don't have the evidence for it. And you're telling yourself that this year feels different. And so when you think all of that stuff, you are deciding ahead of time that you're not going to meet the goal. And so on your A line, you're avoiding creating the launch plan for your new products And in the result line is where that thought becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in that you decided ahead of time that you wouldn't meet your goal and the result you create for yourself is not meeting the goal. Yeah, it sounds so simple when you pin it. (laughs) The bit that's missing for me is the F line at the moment. So I'm curious to ask you that when you kind of you're telling yourself you're not going to meet the goal and you're thinking about it being big, and you've never done it before, and this year feels different. How do you feel when you're thinking that set of thoughts? I feel apprehensive, because the goal is bigger, and this year feels different, that kind of thing. And also, with the thought of not meeting the goal, it's kind of disappointed in myself, because I think the products are great. I think it's, it's me and the actions that I take that need to drive the sales obviously I can't control if people buy or not but I can put my best offer out there for people and give them the best opportunity to buy and I suppose the fear of not making the sales or meeting the goal is stopping me from trying or from taking the actions that I could be taking yeah because you're feeling disappointed right Mm. and you're feeling you're feeling appropriate so you said apprehensive first of all and then you said disappointed I think it might be useful to really get in your body with this one, like really drop into your body when you tell yourself you're not going to meet this goal. What is that emotion in your body when you, it's like a decision, isn't it? It's like, you've just decided ahead of time, I'm not going to meet this goal. What is that feeling in your body? It almost feels like sadness. Yeah. Because I haven't done it. I mean, we're not even there yet. And I feel like that now. So it feels sad. Okay. I'm not going to meet my goal. I feel sad. And so what's happening on your A line is you're avoiding doing the launch plan. Because what happens if you do the launch plan and if you go ahead, well, you're not going to reach your goal. So it's going to be more sadness. Why would you want more sadness? And so it's a very natural reaction for you not to be doing your launch plan right now. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, it does. When you model it out, it really does make sense. And I know that if I take actions to go forwards, then they're all steps towards the goal. But it's just the getting over that hump. (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> make a start. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I really loved that. Um, I think this is going to really resonate with people, actually, Hannah. This idea of getting over that hump. Because sometimes what might come up for us is we feel like we need to push through. And sometimes what happens when we push through is that we don't allow our emotions. We don't allow ourselves to feel how we're feeling. We kind of, I picture myself in my first business, just like barreling over my feelings, like a steamroller, like just going to keep pushing forward, just going to keep going. I barrel along and just, you know, feel burnt out after every launch and I wonder if when we're thinking about well okay so I'm telling myself at the moment I'm not going to meet my goal I, that feels sad and when I feel sad I, I'm not doing the work I'm not planning my launch okay and so I probably won't meet my goal if I don't have a launch plan so how can I allow myself to feel sad right now that makes total sense that I would feel that way. And how can I make it okay for myself to feel sad? I just accept it. If I don't reach my goal, I'm going to feel sad. How can that not be a problem for you? Like what internal dialogue can you choose? How can you choose to think about that that can then allow you to start taking those steps to start planning your launch. What's coming up for you as I kind of describe this? I think the concept of allowing myself to feel the feeling Mm -hmm. and not just squash it and try and pretend it's not happening is definitely helpful because if I don't meet the goal and I do feel sad, then that's okay because if I'm feeling that, then that's allowed because that's how I'm feeling, you know. That's just, I'm the only human. And um, yeah, so I think maybe we were talking about it on the group session earlier. You said befriending the feeling. Mm. And um, what was that really cute thing you said about putting it in a backpack? (laughs) (laughs) So take the feeling, we're like, recognize I'm having the feeling and sit with it for a while. And it might just disappear a little, like dissipate a bit. And if it doesn't, then I'll just have to have to. So I'm trying to be really careful with my words after listening to you talk a lot. Um, take the feeling with me and just be aware that it's there and let it come along for the ride, like you said. Yes. Because this idea of pushing through is this idea that we're kind of I this is how I visualize it after many years of pushing through in my businesses, is uh, pushing over these feelings and not allowing them. But the thing is, we're human beings. We are emotionally vibrating all of the time. It's what's happening for us. But it's the stories we tell ourselves about the feelings that become the problem. So in this instance, how can sadness come along with you for the ride and not be a problem? It's like sometimes I think about how this is a really big goal I've not done it yet. And this year feels different. And when I think about that, I have the fear of failure. And when I drop into my body, I feel sad. I feel sad for all that work that I've done, the emails, the Instagram posts, how I've really tried and I might not meet my goal. So in that instance, I feel sad. So sadness can come along for the ride. Get in the tiny backpack, sadness. Come on. (laughs) 
<laughs> a tiny backpack. Okay. Which means, I mean, the point of it being a tiny rucksack or a tiny backpack is that it's not leading the show. So it's not dominating. You know, when we feel feelings that feel overwhelming and we think we can't cope with an emotion. It's kind of changing that power dynamic. It's inviting it along for the ride, but making clear who's boss around these parts. And the boss is your desire. Like, let's look at another perspective for this, Hannah. Why do you want to create the revenue goal that you want to create in Q4? Tell me about the desire behind that. It's to regain financial independence. I guess. So all my working life as an employee with a salaried role, whatever, I was always financially independent. And uh, when that stopped because of injury and then I became self-employed, I'm in the very fortunate position that I have financial support from outside my business, which I'm really grateful for, but I hate it. (laughs) I hate not having that uh, independence. I don't mind to, leaning on people for emotional support or, you know, grunt work when I'm doing markets or that kind of thing. But having to rely on people for financial help really sticks with me, it kind of gets in my craw, which I'm sure a lot of people will, you know, understand as well. So for me, it's taking those steps towards the financial independence. It doesn't need to happen at Q4, but this is like a prime time to to take that a step forward towards that a big step forward because it's the it's a big time for people to be buying things right so this is a step towards your financial independence Mm -hmm. this is your desire financial independence and this is a step towards it because I wonder as well that when you you kind of started to mention that it's a big time for people to be purchasing, and mm-hmm. I just want to check in with you when you think it's a big time for people to be purchasing. How does that thought feel? It puts a lot of pressure on, to be honest. I think because as small businesses and product-based businesses, you know, we're selling products all year, but Christmas and uh, holiday season or Yuletide, whatever festival you want to celebrate at this time of year, um, it is a gift-giving time. I don't know if it will be quite so much this year. It might be, it might not be. I'm not sure. Um, Did someone cancel Christmas, Hannah? What's happening? No, no, not at all. <laughs> but, you know, with the economic climate and things. Well, look, you're not alone with these thoughts around Christmas, but note how your brain is offering you this is a big time. It's a gift giving time of the year and how actually you might be using that thought against yourself. It might not Mm -hmm. actually be serving you because when you think about gift giving times, what other times do people give gifts to each other? What's coming up for me is birthdays. And when do birthdays happen? Oh, yeah. And you're right as well. Every day of the year. Yeah. Exactly. And I my I create art. So a lot of my work when it's commissions are for birthdays and anniversaries, which is weird. So <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I put the pressure on during Q4, but I think it's a, probably a comparison thing because I see you see all the big companies doing like Black Friday and all of the Cyber Week and all that kind of thing. And then this within the small creative business industry that we're in, I see people already releasing Christmas products and things like that and I know I shouldn't compare because my business I'm doing it my way and this is the right way for me but you can't help it sometimes <laughs> to yeah, feel absolutely. Behind it. yeah 
Hey, I'm just going to interrupt this episode real quick and tell you about the Joyful Selling for Creative Professionals program. If you want to create consistent money from your products, please join us. Just head over to www.indyroller.com to enter your email address to find out more. Every Monday, I'll prepare you to join us by ensuring you're familiar with our process and tools, which you can start applying straight away. And when we next open our doors, I'll see you on the inside. And now let's get back to the episode. That's the other thing about with our unintentional models and the thoughts that aren't useful for us around comparison, just to be like, okay, I'm, I know, I know what's going on here. (laughs) Having awareness around comparison and then being able to cultivate your own way of moving through comparison. It will be different for everyone. What I tend to like, I kind of, um, What I like to offer people about comparison is if your brain wants to use the success of another independent business owner against yourself, um, what does it feel like to actually use it for yourself in that it's showing you what's possible in our industry? And, you know, I have to do that with myself. You know, I've moved across to the coaching industry five years ago. You know, comparison, it happens everywhere. We can allow it to consume us or we can allow it to fuel us. So when we look at all the success that's happening in the independent world, you know, how can you cultivate that inner dialogue where you use it to fuel you? Like this is what's possible right now. How does that sit with you, Hannah? Yeah, that's, it's much nicer to flip it that way, actually, and actually give myself a sort of a pep talk rather than a, you're not as good as this, whoever, but sort of say, oh, look, look, you know, people are buying or that does sell or that does work or look at how they did that. That's a really good idea. And, you know, things like that can can do well. And yeah, that does that is really helpful. It's like um, being more encouraging to myself. Yes, stomping on myself <laughs> quite as Ooh, much as I do. Yeah. So if we return to this model, then with this idea of encouraging yourself, okay. So you've got your revenue goal for Q4 on your C line. One of the thoughts that you're having is where you're failing ahead of time, and you're telling yourself you're not going to meet it. All good. We know the emotion that that creates. We can pop it in the tiny backpack and practice bringing it along for the ride, and. How else can you think about your goal when you're encouraging yourself? It's a a really aspirational place to aim for, I guess. And if I get there, then that will be amazing. That will be brilliant. But even if I got halfway, that's still a, a great shot at what I'm doing. And I'll learn, I'll be able to learn new ways of doing things as I go. And what what do you get a quarter of the way there, Hannah? I mean, that's still income that I won't make if I don't try. (laughs) If I'm not trying at all, I'm not going to get anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, if you get 10% of the way there, Mm -hmm. right? Play around with that scale. Because at the moment, there's some kind of belief that over there, 
is better than where you are right now. If I create that revenue goal, it's going to be amazing over there. What if it's exactly the same? <laughs> True. That would be very disappointing. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's definitely something to sit with. Because what mm. I'd like to offer you is regardless of the revenue you're creating in your business, our thoughts and feelings come with us. And whatever ones we've been practicing, unconsciously or consciously, the circumstance can change. The thoughts and feelings can still be the same. So a, I guess a tool I want to leave you with is this idea that where you are right now is just as amazing as it is over there when you create your revenue goal. How can you play with that idea? What's coming up for you? I got a really uh, warm feeling when you said that because, because I know what's coming for the launch. Uh, I've got new products that I haven't done before, new merch basically. And I'm, I'm really happy with how they look. I'm really proud of how my work looks on these things. I love them. So in theory, my best customer will also love them. And um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm really pleased with how things are going. So I, I already feel like I'm in a, a good place right now. Right. But it's the gap between this and then the goal, I suppose. Yeah, because you're telling sort of yourself unknown. it's <laughs> Yeah, it, and it is because you, you know, let's give let's give your brain a break here. You haven't created that revenue goal, is you are going out and doing something that you haven't done before. And I'm sure in your business life, you've done many things that you haven't done before. That is almost like it feels like the definition for entrepreneurship, right? Is that we're doing things that we haven't done before. And I think that what can serve us when we're in this place where we're not taking action, we're not getting started, and there's fear, it's because we can be idolizing what's going to happen over there and think that it's really far away. One of the first things you said to me is it's a big goal. It's a very overwhelming. It's big. It's amazing over there. Ah, how do I get there? I'm not even <laughs> doing the plan right? So it's very overwhelming. But what if here where you are right now is just as amazing? You're super proud with the work you've created. You're super, you know, it's a new merch that you haven't done before. I saw your energy light up. You can't see this, everyone. Sorry, I'm just speaking to the audience. You can't see Hannah right now, but I saw Hannah's energy light up when you started describing why you feel amazing right now. And you mentioned the word proud as well. So I wonder how your Q4 looks when you decide that you're proud right now. It looks more hopeful almost. Um, like there's the opportunity, opportunity, is that the right? The potential, I guess. Yeah. It feels like just budding potential the whole time. Yeah. I suppose and like the next step whatever the, the smallest step is that I take it's still a, a step forward yeah what is it I'm gonna get you to name it Hannah <laughs> <laughs> actually actually sit down and give myself a time block to make my plan <laughs> yes right so that is step one I'm gonna open mm -hmm. up my calendar and I'm gonna block out half an hour an hour whatever 
in my calendar to do my plan. Mm-hmm. And then when I sit down to do my plan, I'm going to write down the steps. You can use the model. Okay. I would approach the model on the F line. I put proud into it. And I'd also approach the model uh, with disappointment on the F line, but disappointment that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Sadness that's not a problem. I'm a human being. During Q4, I'm probably going to experience pressure, pride, sadness, disappointment, right? The platter of emotions, nothing has gone wrong. And I'm going to continue working through my plan because it's your step towards financial independence. That's your why right there. So you can lean into that why, you can lean into accepting whatever emotion comes up. Well, I mean, you might not be like, no, not every emotion, but <laughs> the list of emotions you think you might feel like sadness and disappointment. And you can map out that plan. What do you think might stop you from following through with that plan? I think if I dwell too much on what could go wrong or the the things that I'm already was feeling scared of at the beginning of the call <laughs> um mm. and the buffering that then happens the buffering mm. procrastination yeah. although once I have a plan and I've got the steps like in my planner for whatever I'm doing on which day or which week I'm usually pretty good at going in the morning okay I'm going to do these things today and getting through if not all of them then the most important ones and then if I don't manage everything in a day I'll just you know that's okay (laughs) you know things come up sometimes and things always take longer than you think they will or you know so so actually it doesn't feel like the gap is that big because you already have evidence of when you calendar you follow through with your steps you have Mm -hmm. evidence of that as you described it to me, I really felt your sense of calm as you were describing it. So it's the bridge then is about starting the plan. Yeah. And so what takeaway might you have from today's session to help you get that plan written? I think I don't want to say just, just do it. Because <laughs> just is such a big word. But um, make a start. Even if I just, oh, it, there it is again. If I give myself an hour tomorrow morning to sit and do a rough plan and then chunk it down and then chunk it down. And then, yeah. And that does, it does actually really calm me because once I've got a, a plan of what I'm going to do, then I can always rejig the plan. That's not a problem. It's when it's just an empty space. Mm. The void is like, I've got this list of things scattering around in my head. And then, um, nothing happens. Right. So you know that when you sit down and write that plan, it works for you. Mm -hmm. Right. And I felt that certainty when you described that. The model to keep an eye on here is the failing ahead of time to self-preserve and having awareness of that as you travel through Q4. So when you find yourself But then you said, once you've got the plan, you follow through. So just do it. it. (laughs) 
say you didn't let yourself do that. You were like, no, it can't be that easy. I can't <laughs> say just do it. it. Has to be harder. I don't like using the word just before things because it usually undermines what you're going to say next. Oh, I just painted that or I, I just right. recorded a podcast or, you know, yeah. it undermines your achievements sometimes. Right. So, so like, I'm going to do that's it. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. I know how this I works. I can do it. <laughs> right. So I'm going to bring the session to an end now, Hannah. Um, is there anything that uh, a thought that you want to share that you're going to uh, bring through as an intention over the next 90 days for yourself? I think allow myself to feel the feelings when they bubble up mm. or when they sort of feel like they're stopping me from moving forwards. I sit with them and let them feel whatever they are and then carry on and let them come along with me, I guess. Don't let yeah. them stop me. Right. The only reason an emotion would ever stop us doing anything is if we were resisting it. Mm. It's when we resist or avoid or um, suppress an emotion, that's when we go into fight, flight, or fright response. But when we allow our emotions and when we're with them, when we befriend them and we don't make them a problem, we can process through them and we process through them. We have different kind of practices for that. You could have a, you know, just a bit breathing, just have some um, thoughts that you're going to practice when you're allowing yourself. So you said, okay, so my thought is I'm going to allow my emotions. Did you say you're going to let them bubble? Do you say bubble? Bubble up. Yeah. Bubble up. That's how they feel to me. They always start in my belly and then they kind of end up in my brain. <laughs> oh, I love that. So it's literally bubbles dissipate. That's exactly oh. what bubbles do. So you can visualize it's just going to bubble up. The disappointment's just going to bubble up and dissipate. Oh, I love that visual. And that is such a good tool for you to use when you're feeling an emotion. And by the way, I want to just add to this for everyone listening in. We're not talking about spending hours feeling our feelings here. We're <laughs> talking about five minutes, 10 minutes. And the opposite of that, when we avoid or resist an emotion can be hours, days of procrastination sometimes. So when we add in a process, we're allowing our emotion, which is five, 10 minutes, it saves us hours of time. So I thought that that would be a really useful thing to add in there. <laughs> so Hannah's going to let her emotion bubble up, love it. And then I guess it will be about refocusing and utilizing your calendar that you've programmed ahead of time. Absolutely. Yeah, because that the mechanical side of it, of that bit, that part of it, I it's kind of second nature really so yeah. that's the easy part it's the it's the starting it's always the starting <laughs> yeah so good well how do you feel now we're gonna we're on the half an hour mark so we're gonna bring the mm. session to a close how do you feel about getting started did you say you're gonna do it tomorrow tomorrow morning I think yeah I have some drawing to finish this afternoon but uh yeah tomorrow morning I'll put an hour in my planner and kind of a uh, determined and motivated I think to actually get it down on paper because then it's real it's like yeah. saying it out loud but I'm on my own a lot so it has to go on paper instead you could read it out loud to yourself <laughs> absolutely oh thank you so much for joining me today Hannah 
Thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh, you're so welcome. Okay, everyone, that's what I have for you today. And I've got a couple more coaching episodes coming up for you over the coming weeks to give you a little uh, peek into the world of coaching inside Joyful Selling. Thank you so much and see you next time. Thank you for listening. To make the most of your time here with me on the podcast, please download the Joyful Selling Playbook, which helps you to apply the strategies to what you're working on right now. Go to www.indyroller.com and enter your email address to receive the playbook directly to your inbox. I'll see you next week.